Trying to... I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. <laughs> so take your sip, Sonny, because we're gonna start off with a little bit of breath work today, okay? We're gonna do a minute of breath work. So what I want you to do is I want you to sit up tall and everybody that's listening can kind of join along with us. So you sit up tall, draw your shoulders up to your ears, squeeze for three, two, one, let it go. Inhale, shoulders back up to your ears, squeeze for three, two, one, let it go. One more, inhale, squeeze the shoulders. Three, two, one, let it go. We're gonna do a minute of breath work and what we're gonna do for this breath is we're gonna inhale through the nose for the count of four. Yeah. Slight pause at the top. On the exhale, you're gonna blow out of your mouth. You're gonna make an O with your mouth and okay. you're gonna exhale for four. So it's gonna look like this on the exhale. For the count of four with the pause there. Okay, okay. Um, you wanna throw a timer on your phone? Yep. And then toss me your phone. Uh, stopwatch? Yeah. Okay, so let's begin. Inhale through the nose. Two, three, four, pause. Blow out of the mouth. Two, three, four, pause. Eyes are soft or closed. Inhale through the nose. Two, three, four, pause. Blow out of the mouth. Two, three, four, pause. Inhale. Two, three, four, pause. Blow out. Two, three, four, pause. Inhale. Two, three, four, pause. Blow out. Two, three, four, pause. Inhale. Two, three, four, pause. Blow out. Two, three, four, pause. Inhale. Two, three, four, pause. Blow completely out. Deep inhale to hold your breath. Hold the breath. Relax the shoulders. Relax the face. Relax the body. Find the beat of your heart. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Release your breath. All right, I'm, at well, ease. I'm at ease. Yeah, welcome to the multiverse, honey. <laughs> I think I needed that after this whole wedding week. It was just, you know, one event to the next event, meeting thousands of people constantly, just, you know, having one conversation to another. It felt like I was in the multiverse at this, at like every event, because, you know, you'd talk to one person here and it's a totally different conversation. You walk up to this person, it's like the other side of the rainbow. Like it was crazy just trying to, catch that energy because I haven't been it's been a while I think this was our first wedding since like sometime last year at the start of summer yeah, Indian weddings get wild yeah because it's kind of like I was talking to somebody at a birthday party yesterday talking about Indian weddings and how tired <laughs> they were and they were very exhausted and they related it to like campaigning like a politician like you're a politician going around greeting everybody, 100%. trying to get to know them, give divvy up your attention because your attention is yeah. the currency yeah. 
that you kind of use within that social setting, right? And it's a currency that gets you kind of favor and attention yeah. and you want to kind of get good brownie points <laughs> yeah. with everyone. Especially being the like it was an in-law family, so it's my wife's family. So obviously, you know, I'm trying to be that likable person. So you have to, you know, talk to everybody and you know the different type of personalities, attitudes people might have and just trying to kind of figure those out and play as nice as you can with everybody and just let the events go by without any drama, which thankfully this whole week, no drama, I had a blast. I think just cause I like hang out with my wife's family, all the guys, they were actually like closer with me even than my wife. So they had to make sure that, you know, I was at every event and just a part of it as if I was like literally a brother of the family or something. Yeah, that's good. As long as you enjoyed her, right? Yeah, I, I, just, I just get, I get, I get drained when I go to the mall, man, cause there's so many people. <laughs> Indian weddings are just a whole different beast entirely. You have to like train for those weddings. Yeah, you have to basically prepare. Like I started on that Wednesday, just kind of in the day, just having like a couple beers just to get my body ready because I know people are going to be asking and I'm not a big drinker anyway, so I have to pace myself. It's just preparing and getting ready for all these talks. And another thing that came out of it was awesome because a lot of people had uh, listened to our podcast. So constantly throughout the week, like people that I didn't even know that were just, you know, their family members, their friends, and they were, you know, coming up to me and saying awesome podcasts and talking about all these things like mental health ideas they have, initiatives they're working on and all this. And it was awesome to be able to not have to say it ourselves, just kind of hearing people coming back and saying this and that and hearing stories. That was a crazy one where a few people kind of randomly, you know, after you have a couple of drinks and you kind of connect at a level and it's people that I've never met before or talked to much before or maybe had little conversations here and there and they kind of open up on, you know, stories of their friends or some somebody close and why they thought like when they listened to the podcast, there were like pieces that were connecting with them just because of kind of things that they've seen and some of them were pretty recent. So it was cool to just hear the stories and kind of like sad and kind of depressing a bit too because they aren't like obviously the most happiest stories that are being projected right yeah that's that's uh that's kind of why we're doing this podcast too right yeah. to be able to share our experiences and when you broadcast it and this took me a while to kind of come to this point to even want to do this podcast because i was happy doing my workshops my one-on-one -on -one, the public speaking and being able to find this format with you so that i can speak not only to you but whoever's listening yeah. seemed like a win-win scenario uh, that was in alignment with the work that I do in mental health yeah. and you're it's it's um, I used to feel that too like you just you start to kind of put yourself out there as somebody who wants to have a positive impact on the mental and emotional well-being of others yeah. and that's the one side of it where people will come to you with uh, the sadness right they're going to come to you with everything from the sadness to the madness and they come to you uh, as an opportunity to for you to hold space yeah. and that's going to pick up as we go and which got me thinking um to what uh, we said when we had that meeting a while back about making a pledge to ourselves to better our mental and emotional well-being so that we can do this podcast by while still adhering to kind of kindness, empathy, compassion, those principles. And the only way to do that, especially when we start to talk about different topics, one thing I was thinking about, you know, thinking about the previous episodes, what is this, number six? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the other five, and I was thinking about, you know, I don't really watch, yeah. I, don't, I won't rewatch the episodes, but going through them in my mind a little bit, 
picking up traces of anger and resentment and any of those kind of darker emotions that are perfectly normal to have, right? Everybody has them. We have a spectrum of emotions from anywhere from good, from happy, content, joyful to sad, angry, anxiety, you know, anxious feelings. But I started to take a look back at some of those feelings and I realized that that's not how I want to portray myself, even though that some of those emotions have been embedded in me for quite some time. And this is probably the first outlet I've had to be able to express it throwing myself out there, but those thoughts go through my mind and, and allow me the opportunity to reflect upon them and realize like that anger isn't really me. It was just a little steam I needed to let out the tea kettle, so to speak, so that I could find my clarity. And that's why I really wanna hone in on this training for ourselves. Yeah. Right? Like the every day is, you know, I sent that little video to you and you yeah. know, got got her got her view. He sent me a message like, Oh yeah, calling buddy out for the cold plunge. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, well, you know, I was just trying to get a little bit creative, yeah. you know. Um with it because to realize that this is an obligation we have to our listeners yeah. and ourselves because when you can remind yourself of that obligation, you can use it as the fuel so that you can do the work, yeah. which is the working out every day, get the movement, not only working out your body, but working out the mind by journaling, going out into nature, but staying on top of it every day. So that's that's part of the kind of what was on the uh, the forefront of my mind when I was thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to do a podcast. I know yeah. last week you had the wedding, but I was like, what are we going to talk about? We kind of <laughs> just kind of dive into it now, but I think that's what I want to talk about today. Yeah. And I want to stick to it because I want it to, for myself, I really want whoever's listening and not just you to know that whoever is in my life, whether it's my partner, Crystal, to my family, to you, I always want to be able to be someone that they can look upon as a source of inspiration when it comes to bettering their mental and emotional well-being because I've lived in the dungeons of my mind for a very long time and I know how it feels. So when I've come out on the other end, what other option is there for me than to want to be a beacon of light for others, kind of like a spotlight, right, while they're traveling through their darkness? Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, going back to the video that you sent and her beard, like I have a lot of people that kind of saw that also. And you were right in our, I think it was our last episode, we kind of talked about, you know, or maybe a couple episodes ago, we talked about, you know, if we want to try to get others to do different kind of things, sometimes it gets annoying when somebody keeps saying it. You keep saying it over and over. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Hey, do that. And then it's about showing. Yeah. So when you actually show it, that's why I like that getting that video because it's so different than somebody saying words yeah. compared to the act. And when you see somebody in the act, I think it's just a bolder statement because it's like, here I am. Like, I'm showing you now that this is what I'm doing rather than telling you. Yeah. And you give that person kind of a little bit more confidence that if I'm able to do it, you can yeah. do it rather than I was just saying something. And I think that's why even Javier messaged me after that, too. And uh and I think we talked about it. We golfed uh, just a couple of days ago, kind of in the wedding week. I snuck in around and he kind of brought that one up too. that. You know what? Like, I guess that's what it is, right? If somebody does something, 
it's way different than them just saying something. I was like, yeah, exactly. Like that's kind of the point I think Vic was trying to get across. And now with that video, it, I think it's showing people that that's how you get your messages across. And you can do that with anybody, you know, yeah. your close friends, your spouse, family, whoever it is. And it's always instill or trying to instill that, Hey, do it, do it, do it. Just show it, show yeah. on a daily basis that, Hey, look at, this is what I'm doing. And if you want to achieve this, this is all you got to do. You just got to come out and try it and see if you like it. And that's how you break things, right? Like working out. How much do we hate working out when, so you haven't worked out after a long time and then you come back and that first week may be painful, but after that week's gone and that soreness starts fading away and you start feeling that power and kind of all that, whatever you're trying to let out and you let it out in the gym, how good it can feel for people, right? So I think people just have to experience those things more. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like uh, you talk about uh, showing it rather than, you know, be about it instead of talking about it, and it does get annoying, you know? And I've very much been that person where sometimes I can be very militant uh, with my family and my friends, but I come from like a coaching practice of seven, eight years where it's a different approach, where it's like, uh, you know, people are paying for my services, so they're already coming into that, uh, this... um, this relationship with me um, with an understanding that they're there to put in some work so it's like a 50-50 where it's with friends and family there's no like mutual agreement sometimes you're you know you have the best intentions to want to inspire them but ultimately you are going uh, if you it can fall on deaf ears if they're not seeing you take part in what you're trying to get them to better themselves and whether it's their mental well-being whether it's journaling like i sent you that video of all yeah. my journals and i flipped yeah. through them all and you're like okay fuck this guy does his journal i had right? to pause actually yeah. a couple look at someone like what, what is he writing in so i have like a mental note of some things that might open up yeah but see that that's the thing when it comes to the journaling it's like so uh, we'll get back to journaling but then you take a look at the things that you want to inspire others on, it's very difficult. And we, I think that's important to acknowledge. It's very difficult to get out of that mode of being a self-imposed support system for your friends and family. You impose that upon yourself, whether you know it or not. It's not an obligation. It's not a duty. You impose that upon yourself to want to help better those around you, whether it's a, a partner, your friend, whoever, cousin, relative. So knowing that that's your obligation or your self-imposed obligation that you placed upon yourself, now it's up to you to understand that your actions will speak a lot louder than your words and you can almost get into the space and I've seen it with others and I've seen it with myself where you get so almost, what's the word I'm looking for? You get a little bit neurotic. Yeah. It's like neurotic in the way that you try to present this good thing or this good habit that you want the other person to adopt and the way that you keep hammering it out and saying it and get frustrated. It's not so much when you're frustrated, it's not so much what you're saying that the other person is picking up on, it's how you're saying it. So you're presenting it with a very frustrated energy, they're picking up on that frustrated energy and the walls go up. So that's why... It always comes back to this release of expectations you have of the other person. So if you want to support somebody in your life, in your life, doesn't matter who they are, you release expectations. Yeah. So meaning that you're going to suggest something to do that's going to inspire them, but primarily you're going to do it as yeah. well to show them the way, but you're going to also release those expectations 
that you may have of that individual to perform X or Y habit. Yep. Because if you don't remove those expectations, they're going to pick up on that energy that you, that you want and it almost can feel to them like you're trying to control them. Yep. And nobody wants that. And, and the person that's trying to inspire the other person isn't trying to control them. It just appears that way because yep. we get lost in the kind of emotional translation of the, what you're trying to accomplish. Yep. So it is, it's like, it's, uh, it's, it's takes a little time to navigate this mentally and emotionally. Um, when you want to support others, I've realized that too, you know, even with you, like, it's like, I realized it too. I'm like, yeah, Sonny's gonna, Sonny's gonna get there. You know, he, you'll, you'll get to that point. It's a pledge that we have, but I promise you probably in the first week I was like, I'm going to go fucking ape shit on this yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had this. And I'm always waiting. I'm like, yo, when's that message? Get my workout in. Yeah. So when I get asked done, <laughs> I am, I am. Cause like, I realize I'm like, fuck man. I just like, I, and I just watched the fucking last dance, Michael Jordan documentary again. So that probably didn't help. <laughs> and then I'm thinking like MJ, I'm like thinking like, oh, you know, you like interview when he's, when they're like, you, were you an ass with your team? It's just like, yeah, it was, but like, if they didn't want to do it, then they didn't have to do it. And he got all teary eyed. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's hard, man. It it's is. hard. It's a, it's a, it's not, it's difficult emotionally to balance that, you know, strong desire to want to help others. And also on the other end, understand when enough is enough. Yeah. And that's when I, you know, again, working with my clients, it's a different story. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to fucking just yeah. take them to town because my approach is, you know, <laughs> it's straightforward, but I'm honest, but it's also, there's a professional aspect to it and um, it's more structured, I would say. Yeah. Whereas there, this is like the fucking, there's no, there's no hold bar. There's no structure here. I'm like fucking texting you at random times. Yeah. I'm like calling you random times. We're having different conversations at different times. Yeah. There's no structure. So it's just like, you're just gonna get that kind of raw energy. But I think today's a good opportunity to kind of express maybe some of the emotions and the intent behind it uh, for others listening too, because it's not that easy from the other person, even as uh, somebody who wants to be a helper. And that's how I always looked at myself, as I'm a helper. So I always wanna help those around me. Not so much a people pleaser, I'm a helper. It's it's okay, you know, I think that people misconstrue people pleasing as some kind of a weakness. Mm -hmm. But why is it a weakness that you really care about the emotional well-being of those around you? That's not a weakness, that's that's a strength. We need more people like that out there. We need more people that are considerate about those around them who take uh, a little bit of of a pause from their own thoughts to kind of take a look at what's going on outside of them. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think for a lot of people, just kind of understanding that whole concept of, you know, when you get annoying and when you're kind of agitated, when you're telling that person that, you know, you should do this and that, and they pick up on your energy. I think it's hard for somebody on the outside that hasn't maybe read books or, you know, watch some kind of documentaries that like analyze those kind of things. We don't pick up on those, right? That's why we do these kind of talks. That's why you know about this. So it's good to hear your words on these kind of things because then people get to hear it somewhere on something easy they can listen to within an hour they're on a podcast and they've kind of picked up a few things and I think those really help in people's lives because even for myself I you know I know I'm annoying sometimes say to my wife like I'm telling her hey you know go to the gym or do this or whatever it is and she she has things that you know she's telling me and 
we kind of build those walls, you know, there's some things that we just don't want to kind of add maybe into our life right now because it's so busy and that person's like, no, you should add it in. And we build those walls and have resentment at times or arguments over those little things. So it's good to like sometimes hear these kind of things to just like when you are in that situation from hearing it on that you can actually take a step back and be like, you know what, why am I saying this or how am I saying this? What's my vibe like? Because if I don't have a good vibe, and a good intention with what I'm trying to say. Obviously that person's now going to change their vibe and they can see yeah. what it is. And I've like completely seen the way you described that, you know, the other person picking it up and seeing it in their face, you know, they might be happy. We're currently doing something. And right when that, I say those words when that vibe comes in, I see their whole vibe. The whole shift body, too. their whole physiology. The whole, yeah. And it's crazy to see that. And I, in the moment, we're not thinking no. shit about it until you have good you, intentions. Yeah. We have a good intention, but our intention in that moment didn't come out the way we wanted yeah. to so it's good like the way that we're talking about this and how you the way that you kind of describe it sometimes that we're not getting that description anywhere right like you'd have to honestly go and read some kind of mental health books to be able to find out what you know what is that definition of saying too much or saying too less and whatnot like the definition really comes down to i don't think we have like there's not a real definition as to what it could be i'm sure there's probably like a term out there if you want to give a hyper specific yeah. about it but when it comes down to it it comes down to more or less how balanced are you and your approach you know you talked about the vibe where is your vibe at how is your vibe how where are you vibing are you vibing in an agitated state because they're going to pick up on that agitated state mm -hmm. because when, when it comes down to it, you know, when you're having conversation and you're communicating with others, let's just say you have somebody, your family, your friend in your life or and, you know, you use the partner example. So let's use the partner example. So you have a partner in your life and you want to approach them with a way that they can better de-stress and they've come to you and you've seen it and they've had um, these anxiety attacks, these panic attacks. They have this the stress they want to get rid of. You can see they're unhappy. And you now then approach them with this energy for first and foremost as you want to rescue them, as you want to save them. So you're fucking, you're high alert. Mm. Your energy's through the roof. And without checking that energy, it can come across as aggression, right? So now you're, you're, you're trying to help them as much as you can because you're like a chicken with your head cut off. So you've got chicken with your head cut off energy trying to help them do these things that you think are going to help them better manage their stress. So... It's really, first and foremost, number one is when you want to engage in, you know, that kind of support for another, check yourself first, slow things down, take a time out. It's not like a, it's not going to get fixed just by you saying it. Yeah. So you, what you want to do is you want to recalibrate, go take a, a few breaths, go for a walk, understand, run through it in your head what you want to say, do a little bit of research online, what's the best approach, because you have to understand it's not what you're saying 90% of the time it's how you're saying it yeah. so if you can keep yourself in a state of relative calm like you're relatively calm they're going to receive what you're saying so your goal is not to just bark at them you know I'm just going to bark hey fucking sunny go to the gym I want to understand like what stopped you from going to the gym before? Like if we were doing a coaching practice and we slow things down completely, yeah. right? Which is sometimes, but it's difficult for, even for myself to understand that it's, I shouldn't be any different in real life. Yeah. So pause. Number one is check yourself before you check anybody else. Yeah. Where are you at? You know, not a lot of people are doing that self-diagnostic no. run on themselves before they try to go and save the world. Right. Yeah. I, but I've been there. I've, yeah. I, I've learned from experience too. Yeah. And I saw that, you know, like not even in my personal life, just outside of that, this whole wedding week, you know, 
it was crazy to see like all these you know grown men that have their parents that are barking at them not to drink yeah and then obviously just constantly saying that like the parents aren't kind of sitting back and saying that hey you know we're going to say with a good vibe with good intentions that hey just you know drink but drink moderately they just come up and they're like don't drink don't have any drinks why are you drinking it's like everybody around there is going to drink and if you've seen your son drinking in the past events they're going to be drinking at these events it's close family you're having a good time so just seeing that dynamic and i remember i used to have that with my parents too you know back in the day and they'd be like don't drink don't drink you're gonna wild out this is gonna happen that's gonna happen and then i would go and wild out and have a crazy night until you know i had the time where my dad mom would come up and they'd just be like hey you know what drink moderately like it's fine you know do what you got to do it's your family event friends event drink moderately and have a good time and i think that helped me even with my drinking and all that I, like at events and parties that I wouldn't now, now I don't get blackout drunk now I can like stay in this like kind of a good inebriated uh, kind of feeling the enti- entire time and still know what's going on still have a good time show everybody around me a good time and kind of watch out for everybody else too right because sometimes you have a couple of those people that kind of slip and are drinking a little excessively yeah. for these events yeah yeah and that's but the moderation talking about moderation nothing in excess and know yourself, right? Yeah. Those are very famous words uh, that you'll hear um, that come from the Hermetic principles um, back in ancient Egypt, right? The birth of mysticism, so to speak. But nothing in excess. Doesn't that align with a lot of cultures and, and how they preach and teach um, others how to live a life full of contentment and joy? When you start to go over and in excess in any area of your life, whether it's food, you overindulge in food, you now have oversaturated your system where it is looking for more and more to satisfy this unusual appetite that you created. Okay, that's that's now you've overindulged with your food. What about with sex? Now you're out there and if, you know, you're always having sex all the time and you get this kink and you get that kink, yeah, it's healthy, but like, when do you stop? What's what's enough for you? What about drinking? You know, when, when is enough? Okay, so last time you were just drinking beers. Next time it's hard. But now it's just like you need a little bit more to get drunk. Well, then you went over that medium amount. Now you're in excess. Any time in any area of your life, it will always go wrong for you. I swear, every time you go over into that realm of excess. Yeah. Even more money, more problems. Yeah. Tell me about it. Like, talk about it. Like, I'm sure, yeah, get the millions, but you want billions and billions and billions and billions? You're going to fucking die. Yeah. And then you're, what are you going to do with the billions? Yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't really, it doesn't really matter. Money, food, sex, alcohol, drugs, even working out. Everything in moderation, man. Are you going to the Olympics? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know people that are in the gym, like, and their nervous systems are shook. They're physically fit, but emotionally, they're a wreck. Yeah. Emotionally, like, their system is in a state of fight or fight, fight or fight, and they, they just, they, they want, they're just so jacked up, intense, they can't relax because they're just keeping their bodies in this heightened state of activity. Where's the downtime? Yeah. Right? Nothing in excess. And on the other side, you don't want to be a sloth. You don't want to be lying on the sofa all day, an excessive amount of just doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, it sounds simple, but really when you break it down, you have to realize like, if that's not a core value or an understanding or a principle that you understand or want to align with, how you do anything is how you do everything. So you're going to see that trickle over into other areas of your life. If you're excess in one area, I assure you, check another area of your life. You're probably in a little bit too much excess over there as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so uh, just kind of changing uh, topic a bit. So you had your event at uh, Langley Event Center? Yeah. So how did that go? That was good. Yeah, I uh, did a talk. Um, it was a it was a it was a great event. Uh, Soul Self Apparel, um, beautiful team there. They reached out, asked me to be a part of the event. Went over there. Um, the friggin' they had like fifty vendors. There's friggin' so many people just running around, having a good time. Just a wellness event. I did a talk there, and it was it was great um, to, to just continue to do this work and talk about my personal experience and then share it with others and make friends. I made some friends. It's always beautiful connecting with new friends and they just connect with me after and we just follow each other on social media now. And, um, you know, I think the biggest key takeaway for me was it's like the more I am involved in public speaking events and engagements, the more I get comfortable kind of looking around in the crowd and I noticed there were a lot of tears when I was sharing my story and I was, I, I felt for them as they were, it was weird because like, I was feeling this while I was talking. That's crazy. Like, like <laughs> it's like slow motion, right? Yeah. Like, so that I'm speaking and I can see the crowd and like, when I see the tears coming out of their eyes, it's like, I connect with that person. I look them in the eyes. I'm like, almost like, I was like trying to transmit to them. Like it's whatever you're going through, whatever I said in my story to cause those tears to come out, it's going to be okay. And I found it like just um, the more I do it, the more calm and comfortable and the more I believe it when I'm trying to transmit that energy to them, like yeah. that feeling of the, you're going to be okay. And that in itself, it takes a little bit of, it's like a skill, man. You, the more you do it, the more you're able to, like you said too, when you were at the wedding and people would come up to you talking about uh, the podcast and they would share some stories with you and some of it, you know, you felt depressed about, you know, I went through all that too. Like you're going to, even people sharing with you their experiences, um, it is going to pull on your heartstrings. It's not something, you know, that uh, it's perfectly normal and human for you to hear somebody's pain and their misery and almost kind of absorb it as your own. And I've, I've gone to a point now where it's like not, I don't, I can absorb it, but I don't keep it with me that long. Mm -hmm. Like it'll linger, like it'll linger, but it doesn't linger that long anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on that public speaking note, uh, you know, you've sent me a bunch of different links for taking master classes, you yeah. know, just on public speaking and I've started those and just kind of like just the first couple of chapters of those master classes. I think it's very important for people that don't even do public speaking oh, or yeah. are never going to do public speaking oh, yeah. to actually check those kind of things out. Cause it's just shows you kind of in depth of like the mindset you need to just talk, to just talk, have a conversation, just to have a, literally to just have a conversation. And that's something that I think just being at this wedding and kind of just talking with so many different people and then, kind of seeing who those people are and understanding just from the conversation I'm having, the kind of person they are, you could tell the people that kind of hold things in and they're not very talkative and they say a few words here and there. And then the people that are just constantly talking and you think they'd be able to do like a presidential speech if they had to and kind of seeing the different spectrums of that. 
And I think just being in those chapters, they also talk, uh, talk about those spectrums. If you could be somebody that talks a lot or talks less, both can have problems uh, doing public speaking. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're a person that's good at like a family event, talking to everybody or on a microphone. The moment you get into a public speaking with people you don't even know, you could freeze up too, right? It's, it's kind of like, why do people go bungee jumping? Because they want to... They want to conquer a fear. They want to feel alive. They want to feel the rush of adrenaline because when you're jumping out of a plane, what's happening is you're very much in the present moment. It's what yogis and 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 strive to do all the time when they're meditating. They want to be in the present moment. They don't want to be in yesterday. They don't want to be in tomorrow. When you're public speaking, that's what happens is you get thrown to the walls and now you're just like, you're in the scenario where it's just like all attention is on you. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's, it's not, I like how you said it's like, even if you're not going to, get a go into a career for public speaking go into doing these courses to learn how to utilize your voice so you can be heard with those around you a lot of us don't have practice speaking the truth to others around us and sometimes we can't speak the truth because we just don't have that practice we never were in opportunities or scenarios where we had that um, chance to just articulate ourselves and sometimes you can go through life where you're trying to say something and the words don't come out right and you fumble your words and, and you're, you're, again, you're, 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 your energy is just off, you're, you're tired for whatever reason and you don't get to say what you want to say. You know how frustrating that is, Sonny? Yeah. You know how frustrating that is? I don't know about you, but like, it's one, my number one frustrating thing is to be able to speak and be like, fuck, that's not what I meant, but why did I say that? Yeah. And so when you get into public speaking, you could do it and it will have an immense benefit on whoever you are, because whether in any in any area of business, if you're if you are a if, if you are on social media, if you are uh, a creator, an influencer, you work in real estate, you work with people in general, go take a public speaking course, sharpen those skills, hone your skills of communication, because communication is what bridges the gap between ignorance and understanding. And when you bridge the gap between ignorance and understanding with anyone around you, that's how you make friends. That's how you build around you. That's how you create. So without that, I mean, it's a bunch of people running around just misinterpreting, misunderstanding one another. Yep. And the biggest thing I took away from the masterclass right away, just kind of did you take the Udemy? Yeah, the Udemy one, yeah, because I use Udemy for, like, all my videography, photography, master classes, too, so it's just accessible, it's all in one place. You already know the platform. Yeah, I love the, yeah, Yeah. how it's kind of the whole user interface they have, and kind of the biggest things I took away right away from the beginning was, obviously, they do, like, these little, you know, you can practice this yourself and whatnot, and I'm, like, kind of thinking about some of the conversations that are within that uh, master class and how they can be used for, you know, you don't know how we're talking about, you don't actually have to be into a career path of public speaking, but just in your job, how people are stuck in those nine to fives. And sometimes you'll have these interactions with your managers, your bosses, your colleagues and whatnot, and just learning to approach conversations differently. Sometimes even being able to speak up, I think is a big one. Sometimes when we're working, we don't want to speak up against our managers and bosses and we don't know how to maybe speak up. Like if we're getting too much work on us or we want a bonus, we kind of just sit back and don't want to get, you know, aggressive or assertive. And I think it teaches you a lot of things of how you can word those conversations and how you can present yourself to those other people in a good way. Yeah. And then just kind of get a good way back. Hopefully, you know, it's, 
some hopefully the other person is you know with a positive attitude back but at least it lets you speak up and I think that's what a lot of people just kind of looking in my life and my past sometimes not reaching out to managers or not asking for bonuses or getting too much work and just being a yes man or, all the time or even for your own mental health people wanting to talk to a counselor or therapist because they're afraid they're, they, they consider themselves an introvert or they don't know how to speak and articulate their thoughts it just takes some practice right this yep. is it has immense amount of value when you learn how to tap into your core, your heart, and translate that. Yep. That's all it is, is that, and you get you get so comfortable and you get more more and more relieved, the better off you're like, fuck, that's exactly what I want to say. Yeah. No, it's like a monkey off your back. It's a chip off your shoulder. You don't have to worry about it. So many benefits to public speaking. You know what we should do, Sonny, is we should just start our own little public speaking crew. And we'll do it like once a week, yeah. okay? We'll Literally. do it here. We'll yeah. do a little one once a week. We'll send people details and we can start next week. Yeah. We'll, we'll organize it and then we'll have, because I went to Toastmasters and stuff and I went to all these different areas and um, but I just think uh, we could get a little group uh, together, like a little meetup group, and then we could, uh, for anybody that wants to step into public speaking, um, which has numerous benefits to gain more confidence um, just in li- for life in general, to be able to utilize and harness the power that is your voice, yeah. you can come come hang with us. We'll, yeah. we'll, we can start a little meetup and, and we can vibe off of each other and learn with each other and grow with each other. And uh, that's how a lot of the times uh, I've done anything successful in my life. I just, is a mimic. Yeah. So mimic people around me. Exactly. And it's like, you've already done it. So yeah. that just helps so much more of seeing somebody that's done it and kind of exactly mimicking and taking, you know, mental notes of, okay, it's like this or that. Yeah. This is the way you kind of put everything together. And this is how put we, speeches, we put speeches together. We can put yeah. like whatever together. It's, it's fun and it's fun. It's inter and it's, you have that group dynamic. Yeah. Uh, so no, we're going to do that. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm down with that. One yeah. For yeah. hundred percent. So then the public speaking was, I'm, go- I'm glad you brought that up too, because another thing that I'm doing right now, besides the public speaking, um, not just for this podcast, but for, uh, uh, but the workshops that I do, the public speaking engagements is I'm taking singing lessons. So I'm taking singing lessons uh, and shout out to my uh, teacher. Uh, she's all the way in Argentina teaching me how to <laughs> sing from my chest. Did you know that you can sing from your head or your chest? I didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know, man, but I'm just learning about it. It's, it's fascinating. It's interesting. Um, to, to just explore that because yeah. I've been able to I consider myself like a very like amateur freestyle rapper and something that I've done as a hobby I've, but I've never really been too fond of my voice because I've never really harnessed nobody's really taught me anything yeah. it's just kind of been like free range I've just been like ah, I'm just as a homegrown talent I don't really have anybody just kind of help me finesse it and understand the kind of um, fundamentals that go into developing and nurturing your voice and I assure you, like that, by the end of the session, man, I was hitting some notes. about like, how the fuck did I do that, man? <laughs> and it's, um, and if I can do it, I'm like, man, I wonder what anybody else out there could do in yeah. order to, like, if you want to kind of tap into that voice um, and and articulate yourself. One thing in mental health that people um, get to talk about a lot is the ability to be heard. You know, how are you going to be heard if you can't express yourself? Right. So if I'm expressing myself, what if I'm constantly not able to say the things I want to say or or I'm, a, I'm I'm just not too confident of my own voice? Yep. I'm not confident of my the things that I'm saying, the words that are coming out of my mouth. 
Okay, well, there. Instead of you know trying to beat my head against the wall, uh, trying to do the same thing over and over again, not finding any success. Why don't we? Why don't we slow it down? Why don't we just train the fundamentals? Yeah. Why don't we just train our voice on how to speak, articulate our thoughts, um, use our voice, uh, discover it has a range. It has. We can project our voice. We can. Uh, we can be aware of it because how often have you in your life? gone through um even taking into consideration how you sound yeah besides listening to yourself on like a video and be like fuck <laughs> i hate this way i sound yeah. don't you eventually <laughs> want to be like i fucking love the way yeah. i sound because yeah. you worked at that and you can yeah. so that so many so many beautiful benefits to just taking the step towards sharpening that skill just like you would go to the gym, just like you would journal, like your know, voice, man. You want to, you know, coming back to expressing yourself, you want to be heard, then study your voice, train yeah. your voice. No, you're on point with uh, when you sent me that message that, you know, I'm singing and we need to, let's start to some freestyle battles and whatnot. And, uh, that kind of took me back to myself. You know, I love music. I love hip hop music. I always wanted to like, you know, I, I think I, in the first episode, talked about wanting to either become a rapper or a Punjabi singer. And I'm just <laughs> like, I hate my fucking voice. Anytime I hear it, I'm like, I'm not, you know, melodic, like, you know, Drake or somebody else. I yeah. don't have that voice. But then we start like, kind of trying to see, you know, who are the difference between somebody else and us, but they've obviously worked on themselves. Where I have they've it. Hard, they've, they've just sharpening it. They've it's been it's sharpening it. And then, you know, I finally got to a point where I'm like, I want to see if I sang or rap what it would sound like. So I ended up getting a, like a whole studio kit from Amazon, yeah. put it in my closet. Cause you know how you need like a lot of things in there. Wasn't so this like a couple crisp. years ago? Couple yeah, years yeah, ago. yeah, yeah, you sent me pandemic a- time, yeah, 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 yeah. For the pandemic, I was just so bored. Like me, either me and my wife would make random TikTok videos or I'd be in this little booth singing. And I just learned, you know, did master classes on uh, like software engineering, kind of how to put songs together and created the song, bought uh, uh, instrumentals, bought a guy to do the chorus and literally put together an I'll entire- I'll your chorus, man. What are you paying? Yeah, <laughs> literally. I'll write your chorus. That's, and that's what I want to work on. Yeah. Like, you know, th- when you kind of brought that up, it just kind of made me reminisce about that time. I uh, tried yeah. it and then kind of listened to myself. I'm like, you know what? This, it just feels weird because I haven't listened to myself singing before other than if I'm in the shower rapping a yeah. song or I'm listening to when you guys would do uh, with Jamie and everybody you would do like the whole freestyling and I'd kind of jump on those zoom calls and listen to everybody and some people you could tell they have that they've kind of honed in their skills and some people you could tell that they just love music and they're just kind of projecting what they can so definitely I would love to kind of uh, yeah, get we'll, some lessons we'll do, or something on it too I'm, and we'll tweak just, that song and we'll just freestyle man yeah. we'll freestyle on Fridays we'll do freestyle Fridays yeah okay we got a fucking there we go we're creating today we got a public speaking meetup we're gonna send out to everybody and we're gonna start freestyling yeah and we're gonna do a freestyle Friday and we're just gonna spit some freestyles you and I just off the top of our head just to be able to express ourselves yeah. being able to express yourself is so very good for your mental health yeah uh, because a lot of this energy this creative energy requires an outlet if creative energy does not have an outlet it can get very stagnant and it can turn into some of those emotions that you don't want to linger you know one of my um, biggest kicks this year is you know is just furthering my development just as a person 
because like there's a part of me that's like I don't know who I am I'm perfectly fine with that you know I don't know like I'm, am I a public speaker am I a yoga teacher am I a fucking guy who does a podcast like <laughs> fuck I don't know dude <laughs> I don't know putting these labels on shit just puts this like governorship in me and puts me and confines me to this space that I'm not comfortable in no. because I've always wanted to just kind of roam this life and experience it and see what I'm capable of doing and not put any limitations on myself. So this year has been like, okay, take the singing lessons. Um, this is like, you know, I'm teaching more yoga classes. I'm going and doing public speaking engagements. We're doing a podcast. I'm like jumping into cold tubs. I'm, you know, it's just like, again, how I do anything is how I do everything. So I'm going to approach every area of my life with the zest to desire to not, not push it, nothing in excess, yeah. but like explore. You know, there's a difference between, like, pushing yourself too hard and exploring. Like, I'm fucking having fun, dude. Like, it's so fun doing these, uh, having these singing lessons, yeah. talking about the meetup. That fucking shit is fun. Yeah. You know, I've overextended myself in the past working seven days a week trying to fucking take on the world, trying to save the world. This is totally different because I'm like, I'm going to have whatever impact I have, but I'm going to have fun while I do it now. Yeah. So yeah. the fucking singing lessons is fun. The freestyling is going to be fun. Doing this podcast is fun. I don't know. Every time we come into it, I don't fucking know what we're going to talk about. We just, start, just, like start, just start talking. Another, well, actually, <laughs> actually, one thing I was thinking about was uh, being able to almost, you know, when people listen to this, if I ever go into like coach mode, it comes out in me to ask you questions. It could serve as an opportunity because I'm getting away from my one-on-one -on -one coaching practice. So it's, I'm like, it's basically just on referral right now because yeah. of all the other work I've been doing. I love it. I've been doing it for like, seven eight years my clients are my everything i've learned so much from them like it's like i could do a whole episode on how much i love them and how much they've shaped who i am as a person because without their trust and their buy-in to help me you know add me into their life into their story to help them guide them towards whatever goal that they want to accomplish man i wouldn't have had this trust and this faith in myself to kind of keep going forward yeah. so um but on that note like i'm i'm stepping away from that one-on-one -on -one practice uh, but and but this is kind of me working, you know, wanting for you to kind of get on that same path of bettering your mental, emotional, physical well-being, tune into your spirit as well. And and that also opens up a whole nother avenue for whoever's listening to kind of live vicariously through these kind of half ass sessions, <laughs> you know, like while I'm just trying to, you know, uh, uh be um, somebody that can hold space for you so you can kind of get into your groove because you're transitioning, you're wanting to leave one job, come into this, you're exploring. Yeah. It's not so much, that's how you look at it, right? You're exploring now. You're fucking mm -hmm. singing, exactly. doing the podcast, doing the marketing, you're exploring. And what I know, it's like what I've always known in people. It's like, I always consider myself like I'm a scout. I've always seen talent. When I used to organize open mics, I fucking, I could see people's talent. Yeah. I could see right through them. I see their aura. I'm like, you fucking got it. Like, I don't have it. And as soon as I get them on the stage, they fucking shine. They're like, I didn't fucking know I had that in me. I'm like, fuck, I knew it all along, man. <laughs> and like, same with uh, the, the yoga festivals. I put on these yoga festivals, put, get, put people on, and I'm just like, because I always knew, man. I always felt like I'm a scout. Like, that's my role. It's like, I can see the talent. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm put on this plan to put people on, yeah. you know? Like, I get a lot of enjoyment and, and uh, out of helping somebody accomplish a goal in their life and putting them on. So I see that with you too. So it's just like, I see 
what you're capable of always i always see with everybody their capabilities I, you know they can come at me and they tell me that this x y or z is what's going on this is what happened in their past they think it's fucking mercury's in retrograde or they think fucking the you know the economy has gone them down or you know, with their family life or or they were they had this happen to them when they were young i'm like i'm looking at them i'm like, all i see is potential yeah i've always been that way and so with you sonny i fucking see so much potential that's why i agreed to this yeah, yeah. and it's hard <laughs> for people to exactly how you said it sometimes see your own potential you yeah. need these scouts these people that can kind of tell by somebody's characteristics their personality the way they kind of hold themselves that you know you are that person that can be somewhere and have like whatever skill base you have and you can take it to another level yeah whereas sometimes us ourselves we just kind of think we're doing a great job and you yeah. never know where you're actually at until you hear somebody and sometimes you don't get a lot of people in life don't get to hear that from somebody else that they believe you can be so much more yeah and just those you know couple of words can do so much for a person's confidence and kind of boost morale and maybe they start to reassess everything they're doing while they're working and try to like you know put some goals on themselves whereas if you don't hear that, you're just kind of sitting yeah. there, kind of just like zoned in, that tunnel vision of just one way, one way down the highway. So yeah. It's awesome to be able to hear it from people and, and you, get that. You can get deterred very quickly too. Yeah. One thing I found too is like you want to share your hopes and your dreams. That's why people go to coaches, counselors, therapists, and they they go and they express their hopes and their dreams to somebody other than their family and their friends because then sometimes they go to their family and their friends and they want to start to articulate and try just start to explore yeah. these feelings, these transitional feelings feelings like they want to grow they want to evolve and oftentimes what's happening is that they're meeting with the disconnect because again you're coming at somebody with um you know they're probably not in the right state to receive what you're saying and so they you misinterpret how they received it because they didn't meet you with the same enthusiasm in which you brought them that information yeah. so what, what happens is it can very quickly deter you from your hopes and your dreams because you're like fuck man i didn't get the response i was looking for i was yeah. trying to tell this person and what you're doing is like you're what underlying all of that is like there's fear you need somebody to help you navigate through that fear which is a perfectly normal emotion to and have them just kind of not be affected by your fear and just say no i see it because and that's the thing man i do i i see it in you but i see it in anybody you know it's not just not just one person i always feel like you know Professor X from the X-Men is my spirit animal. Like, if I was to be anybody, if I'm going to be a role, I want to be Professor X. Yeah. I always would take a look at people as I've worked with kids, I've worked with the elderly, I've worked with men, I've worked all minds, man. And it's mm. no category of person that you could say that, uh, you know, I've worked with musicians, small business owners, I've fucking worked with everybody, dude. And I look at everybody and I always see, I'm like, you just don't know it yet but you will be content you will be happy you have so much capability so much promise so i feel like professor x because yeah. they would come to him as like a strange mutants thinking that these powers that they have ostracize them from their communities and you know as professor x what he did is he nurtured them in the school and he just like helped them really fall in love with who they truly were yeah. that's what it was yeah that's what made them a team is because you know society rejected them because they're mutants and they have these powers so they have these defects but then they go to the school and it's just like no man professor x is very calming and he, he cultivated an environment where they could feel like themselves and and now you have fucking wolverines running around yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> like well fucking wolverine wasn't fucking he was a lone motherfucker before yeah. then he yeah. was just roaming around the world angry pissed off at the world not thinking that he had a team and fucking Professor X put him on. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what the world 
I think if you need anything, you don't need more politics. You don't need more ideas and blueprints of like what we could do, what could we invent. No, man, no, everything's already been invented. All the knowledge that we have is comes from the ancient texts and it comes from the ancient philosophers in all religions, all cultures, all over the world. We have the knowledge. What we need now is people to be able to build containers of space for people to now explore themselves, yeah. come into their own, get comfortable wanting to do that without looking at the outside world in envy without looking at the outside world in fear. Um, because if they continue to do that, then you're never gonna reach that potential yeah. because you're you're just not in the right environment that can help cultivate that and bring that out of you. So that's, you know, I think I've always, in the back of my subconscious mind, that's how I've always thought of myself with the Professor work that I've done. Yeah. That's funny to hear because, you know, if you ask somebody, like I'm a big climate guy myself, that, yeah. you know, who's your favorite, like, Let's just go. Trust with, me, I didn't think of my Just with X Men, yeah, nobody, nobody would choose Professor X, right? Like, if you ask a hundred people out of a hundred, maybe I'll say ninety nine for sure are not going to say Professor X because you might be that one out of that hundred. Weirdo, man. They want Wolverine. Or I wanted want Wolverine Beast, when I was a kid. They want this guy or that guy, Gambit, but nobody would say Professor X. But if you actually look at the comics and see the one person that's kind of you know probably the strongest guy in those comics secretly he just doesn't use his powers as excessively as everybody else does but he is like the one that kind of kind of brings everybody together the in greatest, that entire series yeah the greatest power man well not the greatest power there's no hierarchy but it's like it's like you're right because like growing up I wanted to be Wolverine <laughs> you know I wanted to be all I wanted to be the guys who were the, the action yeah. who, who took action right yeah. I wanted to be Wolverine Cyclops was okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was alright it was alright man <laughs> oh, everybody wanted to be Wolverine you want to be yeah. Wolverine you know like uh, I want to be uh, uh, Ryu or Ryu as yeah. they would say in Street Fighter you know I don't want to I don't want to be like I, I don't want to I want to be Leonardo I don't want to be I don't want to be Master Splinter yeah you know like <laughs> The funniest thing is that everybody wanted to be Ryu, but not Ken. <laughs> no, because no, nobody Ken, really cared as Ken, much. Ken was a hothead. Yeah, he was a hothead. Yeah, yeah Ken was actually. a hothead plus the colors. Yeah, yeah they were off. colors. Yeah. And his moves weren't as strong as Ryu. They weren't. No, they, weren't he, the they were weaker. Yeah, they yeah. Were so weaker he's like, you're Ryu. fucking, he's doing like baby fireballs, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want like Ken, his, no. his fucking baby fireballs out of here. But then, no, that's that's how I look at it. That's the Professor X, because you're right. I know. I didn't, I didn't think about, like, that's what I, if I were going to relate myself to a comic character or who that would be mm -hmm. but you know take a look at all the work I've done with the youth and the, any my coaching practice the mental health initiatives and just the people in general it's like man I just help people find their superpowers I just help them it's like I'm not helping them heal what are they healing from they're not they're not they're not victims they're just people who didn't realize that what they thought was a mental illness was a mental misunderstanding. That's all. Yeah. You know, they thought, oh man, this fucking tension is going to cripple me. It's just like, no man, I always looked at them. And that's what I can think now, saying this with clarity now too, because I'm saying this out loud and as I'm saying it out loud, I'm thinking about it. It's like, that's what I think they picked up on whenever I work with them. It's like, they know I wasn't just fluffing them. Yeah. You know, like I'm not just like looking at them like, oh, you got this, like kind of like giving them this almost phony baloney pat on the back, like, oh no, yeah, you got this, you know, that, none of that. No, I truly, in my core, if I'm looking at somebody and I'm with them, like I think they could always tell and I always could and I always did believe in them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And what more could you give somebody? Your family, your spouse, your friends, your family, somebody who is in peril. I got 
parents whose kids, you know, parents come to me and their kids are like, especially, you know, regardless, people are going to say it's because of this. Forget what it is because of. Forget it's yeah. because of the lockdown. Forget it's because of the history. They just come to me and their whole nervous system is shook and they're coming to me frantic like, oh my God, my fucking kids, like this is going to happen to them. I'm like, yeah, but what's happening to you right now? Yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I tell them, I'm like, you, you got to believe in that your kid is going to be okay. If you don't have hope, if you don't believe in them, what, what vibe are you feeding them? No. They're not listening to what you're saying. They're listening to how you're saying it. Yeah. So, you know, but what more do you want? What more could you possibly give to somebody than belief? Yeah. When you believe in somebody, when they're like, this person believes in me, man, you put wings on them. They believe they can fly. Yeah. Without you believing in them, without you believing in yourself, how are we going to make this world a better place? You want to, you, people always want to change. They want to go and start this group or this, this party and this, they want to be activists and they want to fight and they want to use aggression. Yeah. yeah but you know, that's the, the underlying emotion. There is hate and anger. If you want to create, man, you got to vibe with love and calm. That's how you create. And if you want to create, um, we don't need to talk about what's wrong anymore. Yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't need to talk. We, we, we've been, we've been looking in the history books. We've been looking back on this. We've been fucking looping this shit nonstop. Oh, remember back in this time it happened. It could happen again, but fucking what if it doesn't? Yeah. How are we going to break this shit? Well, we got to believe, man. We got to believe and hope. Yeah. And that's one thing, man. That's the, that the public speaking event or any uh, event moving forward. As I told myself last year is I always, what could I leave everybody? I leave them with hope because then I'll tell them where I was in the mental and emotional hell and how I got out. It's with hope, even if you don't feel it or see it. And then what is, what is, what is, uh, what's the, what's the one, what's that one feeling before hope, man? It's faith. So if you don't have the hope, just have faith. Fucking close your eyes and just have a fucking little faith. No. Yeah, believing in yourself is a big thing and you know the older you get you start forgetting sometimes that you can believe in yourself and you know different people have different ways that they can kind of you know turn that around and start believing in yourself and even in my life just having a kid I think helped a lot because now you have a kid and you believe they could become anything you right? always yeah so you build that up again that you know I believe this kid can do this or that and you're slowly teaching them you'll be able to eat yourself you'll be able to go to the bathroom yourself and then it kind of relates back to you you can start believing in yourself too so it's kind of like it's been awesome since I've had like Syrah and helping her you know accomplish whatever goals she can teach you exactly that's how it's kind of yeah. became where I, like I might sit there and I think I'm teaching her but right oh, when I'm man. doing it all this stuff's coming back to me too that hey I, like yeah I might not need to learn how to use a fork anymore but there's a lot of things in my life that I do need to learn how to do and if as long as you believe in yourself and you put that belief and faith there that you can get there and you can have hope and that hope can lead to so many things and without that hope you're just going to be in that same area right like yeah. if you have no faith and hope there's no movement that's going to actually there's happen no movement there's no movement and I you talk, you talk about the kids man I was at uh, the 7-Eleven by Choices and just after the gym, I had to get some groceries. 
and I'd and then I'd get some gas, and then I was getting gas at that Seven Eleven, and like there was a freaking lineup from the whole Seven Eleven with all these kids, and the teacher was just like smiling and laughing. She was having such a good time. All the kids are getting candy. It was so loud. <laughs> it was like the whole environment was buzzing with the kids' excitement because yeah. they had a lineup because they'd only have one kid or a couple kids at a time in the store, yeah. and like you'd see one kid come out with his candy, and the one kid run up to the window while he's at the till. He's knocking on the window, and he's like, "What'd you get?" And he shows him like, "I got the big chew gum." And the other kid's just like, "Yeah!" And he's like jumping for joy, so happy. I'm looking at this kid. I'm like, "This fucking spent three dollars. It is so happy." Some people spend like three million, and they're still not happy. Yeah. And the kids will teach you again and again and again what's important and how to touch back with who you really are. And, and um, remind you that this world is full of mystery and wonder for you to explore. Yeah. And if you don't get on that wavelength again, then you're going to die on your deathbed and you're going to live with a heart full of regret. Nobody wants to live with a heart full of regret. Yeah. And then, you know, you take a look back at uh, these kids and, you, and, and, and I say to myself, too, it's just like that's why I work with the kids, too. Uh, I notice like some of the kids, I just continue to put myself in those scenarios because, man, even during COVID... I remember I was slowing my coaching practice down. I just come out of the hospital in COVID too. Like, and I remember being in this space of like, fuck man, I got to recalibrate. I got to regroup. I got to just get, get my, get myself back together again. And I would, I got, I, people would reach out and I would, and I only took on the coaching clients that were coming to me that needed their, me to work with their kids. <laughs> So I'd only work with these kids and man, fuck, they just help repair my heart, man. They just like working with them and just talking to them and holding space for them and mentoring them and them calling me, texting me, messaging me on social media. They would, they feeded me something back inside of me that helped put me back together again that I don't think I could have done myself. And then you'll see that even with your daughter, man, like she's teaching you and why, why, you know, I have, we have our friends, you know, our friends, your family members, just guys our age specifically coming to this point. It's just like, fuck, my back hurts. It's like, oh, we're fucking got gray hairs. It's like, we're done. I'm like, I am fucking just beginning, dude. Yeah. I'm literally just beginning. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wow, everybody's got to wake up, dude. Yeah. They got to snap the fuck out of it. Like, oh, my, my back hurts. Oh, I can't run. Oh, my fucking days are over. Oh, fuck, who the fuck taught you how to talk like this? Yeah. You know, like, who told you that you're done? Who told you that your body starts decaying and you fucking, they start throwing out these statistics. Statistically speaking, my testosterone declines. Shut the fuck up, man. Like, your testosterone declines because you say it's decline. Yeah. It's a mental game. This whole fucking life is a mental game. You tell yourself your testosterone is going to decline, fucking sayonara testosterone. You know, fucking, oh, I need more pre-workout or I need this. I, I, I can't keep up with fucking who I used to be. You keep fucking chasing the younger version of yourself, you're going to fucking get lost, yeah. man. You get lost in your own head. And you, when you come to terms with who you are today, you have no idea what you're capable of. So I'm like always around my buddies and I'm just like, fuck, I shut like in my head, I don't say it, but in my head, maybe they'll hear it now. Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> just shut up. Like you have no idea what you're capable of doing, what you, what the body is capable of doing. I don't even think I've heard this before. It's like the male body doesn't reach its physical peak till it's 50. 
Yeah. Or you can choose to believe that we just start to fucking wither and die yeah. away. Whatever you want to believe, man. There's two fucking paths here. You want to believe in unlimited possibility or you want to fucking believe in a fucking dead end where uh, oh, your whole life is predetermined. Like, oh, yeah, at this age, my fucking, my, this organ should start to fail. And <laughs> as soon as I see gray hair, that means I'm fucking a lesser than a man than I was before. It's like, you guys are fucking, yeah, just go walk over there. Leave yeah. me the fuck over. Yeah. I'm just going to walk down this path, man. And it's funny that you say that, like, you know, we have those circle of friends that say that you hear it I've heard it a lot at the wedding I'm so tired I'm getting old I can't do this anymore and I always think about I'm like looking at these guys dead in the face like don't you watch sports like we all watch sports we're talking about it right now look at fucking LeBron he's 38 that's who exactly I was gonna bring in LeBron's basically 40 year old guy still playing in the league he could have quit at any point he's got goals he set goals this is exactly another guy that could have left in a violent violent sport could have got injured could have like ruined his life could have became a paraplegic whatever it is but it's just understanding that you we are going to get older yeah we are probably going to get more tired and whatnot and a little bit more physically drained and whatnot but it's just learning how to adapt that's it adaptation is something we forget about and i'm only learning that you know talking with you all the time you know doing research and starting to listen to kind of podcasts that are about you know longevity and what you can do to kind of keep your body maintained a longer time and i think that's where also it can be a bad thing sometimes too because now i'm like taking that okay i need to hit the gym constantly just yeah. that, and putting it on other people throwing it on yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my well, wife you, again that hey look like i want you to live a long time too because i want to be able to travel and do all these things with my kid and you and she that vibe can come you, out again and right? you don't you don't meet panic with panic no you same don't. thing exactly. i tell the parents when i work with their kids or even when i work with adults i'm like you don't meet panic with panic some people are like i want to grow this business i want to get into better shape and i want to heal from this mental perceived mental illness and it's just like why would you meet panic with panic yeah. What do you think is going to, what are you going to create? You're going to create more panic. The panic's not good for the system. Panic's not good for the mind. Panic distorts the mind and it takes you away from that vitality, that energy source. People are always like, it's like, fuck man. What they, they're like, oh, I, they, they think their energy comes from something external that they put into their body. But the energy that's you get comes and it's harnessed from your mind. The fucking primary source. That's your main mind is your mind. The main mind, yeah. energy mind is your mind. Yeah. Okay, you go in, and if you're not nurturing your mind and you don't, that's why I journal. I fucking fortify my mind. That's why we did the breath work in the beginning. I'm learning to fortify my mind. That's why I teach more yoga. I told myself every time I teach, I get to fucking do the class too. Yeah. I'm fortifying my mind so that I don't fall into this trap where I feel like I'm a victim, that I can't do things that I see others doing, that I am trying to relive the past and trying to chase something that, of the what was. Man, the chasing of what was or what could be is in itself its own kind of mental and emotional disease. Yeah. If you want us to, I don't like throwing out the word disease. I don't even like saying mental illness because I, I really think people don't even begin to understand. We're in our infancy with this as a culture. I'm like, you don't even understand. It's not an illness. There's misunderstandings. People just don't have the opportunity to be put in the right environment in order yeah. to heal and grow and learn and understand themselves. But thinking that you know getting lost in the i could have been or i would have done something if this happened i could have you know gone into this i would have been with this person or i would have been with at that job and i wouldn't have injured myself or i wouldn't have gotten sick or that person wouldn't have gotten sick man that's its own kind of like mental and emotional disease so 
all this, man, this podcast, what we do, what we're doing is not just for ourselves, it's for those around us. And in order to kind of give back to our world and our communities, uh, we come back to this hope and this belief that we can. Because I don't want to live anywhere else, Sonny. No. We don't li- you live in two worlds. We live externally, we live internally. I don't know about you, but I started to, you know, start to see everybody, how they live in their internal world. And it's like they're just scared on an island by themselves, not afraid to venture off the island, so alone and desolate. And don't nobody want to live like that, man. And there, mm. a lot of people are unaware that that's how they're living inside themselves. So in order to liberate yourself from that island, that's why we talk about these tools. That's why we talk about the journaling, the movement, the yoga, the kickboxing, the going and taking an art class, going and taking a singing lesson, going and rekindling some hobbies, discovering new hobbies, going out in nature, um, reading a good book. That's why we just ground, ground everybody. Let's just get back to these basics of who we are and explore just like the kids. Yeah. And you're a thousand percent right that it's, starts internally with the mind because you know a lot of people make that excuse externally i'm putting this food into me or putting these drinks into me and that's what's causing whatever's going on in their life yeah and they're not thinking that it's actually mental that you know you can stop something or you can start something it's all mental that if you mentally can get that capability to want to start something or stop something that's where it starts it's yeah. not the externals that are around you those are always going to be there and i think for me, the example, right, when you kind of said that was also being at the this whole wedding week was watching, you know, how the vaping is taken over right now. And uh, every, there's people vaping here and there. And that's it's always a conversation, no matter what, wherever you are. And I think we were sitting on a party bus and there's a couple like a lot of people obviously vaping on the party bus. But there's a couple of people that stopped. And it was funny listening to the conversation that, hey, you know what? I stopped vaping. I had to stop. It's been a year. I haven't vaped. And I was like, oh, you know, that's awesome. And then you, the person right across is vaping, like just clouds. And they're like, uh, no, I can't. I can't stop. It's just something that I do now. And it's not that bad. I don't do it all the time. So right away, like right when you said that whole thing that it is with the mind and it's all these external things, both people <laughs> were at one time vaping and somebody just went within their mind and took out that external factor of, hey, I need to vape, like is doing something for me. And they wanted to just get rid of it and they got rid of it. And the other person is not looking within themselves in their mind. They're just saying that, you know, externally, it's just something my body needs now and it's not that bad for me. So it's like so clear to like understand that conversation that I was having when you kind of said that it starts with the mind and it's not the externals because the mind is what brings those externals into your body right without your mind without you saying I want that in me or I need that in me it's not going to come there right so you get to kind of choose those sides and it was just funny when you said that that's the first conversation that kind of popped in my head was sitting there watching basically one side of the bus vaping and one side not and a few of these people talking about how they don't vape anymore and they quit and these people saying that no they don't need to quit they don't do it a lot but you can tell they're excessively smoking the shit out of these vapes <laughs> yeah well you know what we'll, we'll we'll talk about that yeah uh we'll, we'll we'll get into addiction you know i think that's a good topic to dive into and yeah. spend a little time into addiction um and honor that with this whole entire pod episode on, on the podcast but other than that it was a good one that was a good yeah. one man oh um, I like your little foam at the end. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> foam. <laughs> foam. <laughs>